And then we should do one experience. about the hardest, the, the biggest obstacles to starting Big out. challenges in starting a company and growing it. Yeah, because you're living it. Uh, oh, can I have this guy come up? This is my sales guy in Vegas here. Yeah. Can you come and watch? Dave, I will just say before you speak, you're in a room full of closers. So just Bring the coffee. be humble. Bring the coffee. <laughs>
And, and those are some of the most foundational elements, you know, of, of an organization. And that's, you know, that's assuming that, you know, again, we, we, we've, we've talked about it uh, in a previous conversation that we had about brand, right? You know, what is the brand? What is the brand promise? What do we stand for? And I'm assuming that's already in place. So that's probably a bad assumption on my part, right? It's like, right. you know, who are we? What do we stand for? What are our, you know, where are we going, right? And then vision, mission, you know, core values, you know, organizational structure, job duties and responsibilities. And when I go into a business, whether it's something that's new and starting up or it's something that's well-established, meaning has been in place, those are the first things I look at. I look at all those things even before I look at the financial statements because they will tell me a lot of times what the financial statements are all about, right? Is if the financial statements aren't in good shape, it's usually because we haven't, we haven't even defined who we are, what we're about, what we stand for, where we're going. And so those are some of the things I would suggest right up front that you look at whether you're starting up where you've been in business for a while and aren't experiencing the level of success that you desire. Because maybe there, there's been a lot of guys we've encountered in, you know, in our career together. Uh, Roland J. Down is one we've talked about previously, right? This guy was in business for 41 years and didn't make any money, right? And he took a hard look at himself and he took a hard look at his business. And he realized what the first 41 years were about was not going to be what the next 10 to 15 were about. And he redefined himself. We did it at Cameron and Sons. My dad started the business in 1964. And in 1990, when he was signed personally everywhere and we were almost bankrupt and the union was picketing our, our, our office and our jobs and we weren't printed in the yellow pages and whatnot, we redefined who we were. And we, it took us almost two years to do it. And in the two years after that, in two years, we, we redefined it. And then the next four was when we made the most amount of money that we ever made. And then we sold the business, right? Sometimes you have to redefine. So I would say take a hard look at yourself first as an individual, as the leader, and then say, okay, who are we and where do we want to go? And let's map that out first. Let's get that down. And if you've got some key people, you know, that are part of your team, enroll them in that process. Enroll them in the redefining of that process if it's a redefining situation, right? But I think those are some of the things you should do certainly. I think that one of the main things you said there, and I hope Gary will agree with this and probably expound on it to, you know, a PhD level, is the organization chart. Yeah. Your name might be in every box to start. It might be. But if you don't know that, if you don't know who's doing what, uh, you're toast. The other thing I've learned from both of you guys in the last three or four years is process, 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 process. Every time this dude opens his mouth with respect to his business, because sometimes he's just talking <laughs> But when he's talking about his business, whether it's pricing, whether it's marketing, whether it's the experience, it's process, process, process. So when I started my company this time around, I've been hammering process. My... Uh, I've got an ownership group, two other guys own part of the company and got a management team, and they've been kind of distressed. We've been open uh, 90 days. 90 days we, we've yeah. done about $400,000, and we've lost about 100 grand in, in, in revenue. We lost about, you know, 100 grand. And they're all, all up in the wind. I'm like, guys, we got the cash to fuel this bad boy. We can't get upset about that. We have to refine our processes, whether it's with a, a, a platform we're using Service Titan but whatever Aptor, I know is another good one you guys talk a lot about. I'm sure there's many others out there. Mm -hmm. But getting everything aligned 
from the phone call coming in to the conversation, to the lead set or the service call set, what is the process to go out and run that service call? What are the words? You know, what are the activities? I had my uh, service manager this week just train on how to do a proper maintenance uh, call. Pull the blower motor, clean it, show the homeowner, right. get involved, build the relationship. And it's funny because my, my operations manager, who's old school, great guy, old school, and in fact, I gave him 20% of the company because he's such a good guy. But he's like, Wally, if we pull the blower motor on every furnace tune-up, I mean, we're going to be there for two hours. I'm like, exactly. Because at the end of a service call, you're going to make some recommendations. Yeah. And the degree to which that homeowner takes your recommendations or not will depend on the relationship. That relationship takes time to develop, a couple of hours. Yeah. And so that's why we pull the blower motor. And there's some show and tell stuff we can do as well. And if there's in the accounting side, especially from Gary, just the, the organizing, the departmentalization, the organization, the process, the organization, the process, the organization, the process. If there's anything that I could tell a new company that's trying to expand, get your organized. If you got to put the brakes on a little bit, put the brakes on the growth, get organized, get the processes, then you start ramping up. But don't let your processes and systems get in the way of your flexibility too, right? And sure. I mean, that's, that's an important sure. thing. You have to be willing to adapt, adjust, and execute there. And, and so systems are great, right? but sometimes systems get in the way of the customer Well, experience. and I'm referring more towards collecting data yeah. and organizing data in whatever platform you're using so that you have the information to make intelligent decisions. What are your thoughts? Ah, gosh. Uh, so there's two different... The topics going here, right? There's the company that's there that needs to grow, that might be a startup, and then there's what you did, which is ground zero, real startup. I have no customers, and <laughs> I need customers. So I, I, I think it, uh, so. And in it, many cases, some have no money. He he actually started yeah, a little yeah, and that's kind of where I'm going with that is the liquidity of having some capital versus I'm just a maybe I broke off. I'm a technician. I got my license. I've got the entrepreneurial seizure, Michael Gerber. Boom, I yeah. want to do this. So I think there's two different, uh, two different models there, but both require, I think, the discipline of looking at uh, having some sort of an operating plan. As you guys talked about an org chart, you know, you're in all the boxes. And so, you know, what I would recommend is that everybody, you know, download the 370 questions and answers that are there about the processes. And it's all about the priorities. It's not and about that's, that's on the EGI best practices site. It is on the EGI so best we'll make practices. Sure people know where might be a video it. on that. And there might be a video on a startup. There might be downloads and might forms, be, advice. Might be a video on a startup. Might be an MBA course and for free. Might be some support, question and answers about hey, what are the things you need to do? So it's about the priorities. So w what we do is we like to just build the entire set of answers to all right. We got a lot of stuff to do as a startup. A lot. I mean, so first thing we need is the market need. What are we What are we doing? What are we delivering that's a need? Um, you know, how do we serve that need? And then how do we create the brand and the idea around delivering that? And then how do we go out and market it? But if you look at the org chart to the discussion you're saying, and you've got, you know, six boxes and your name's in all six boxes, the mistake that startups make is they underprice and they buy the marketplace. They're too cheap. What they need to do is they need to actually cost out what it would take to replace their name in all those boxes. Yeah. put together an estimated financial formula for that. If What does it look like if I had the people in place? Mm -hmm. That's your pricing model. That's your, that's your established profit model that you sell at. So instead of selling it too cheap and buying the business, 
Because what happens is you do that and then you get stuck. Now you have to go to the marketplace and you have to raise your prices later when you start hiring and adding people. So the real gap is, is that you, so you need that operating plan and you need to have that priority. So what we do is we have three circles, right? Must do items, one through five, need to do items, six through 15, and everything else. It doesn't matter how many there are. There might be 10, there might be 50, there might be 200. So iMarket started nine years ago, uh, Inc. 5,000, five years in a row. We're a big company now. We got 47 employees. We're the largest in the vertical, but we started on a napkin, literally on a napkin. And it was about, there was a need. We had a need, we built a site. It cost us about 30 grand. We didn't have a company. We spent the 30 grand. And ultimately what happens is, you know, you say, well, what do we need to do to build a company? And so we needed a, a, an executive. We needed somebody who could sell. We needed people who could build the sites. We needed lots of different people. And so you start thinking about that and you start saying, well, it, it's going to cost more money to price that in the marketplace than what we necessarily would have done had we just been one person, you know, driving right. the company. And so I think that's the mistake is the operators don't think about the idea of having an operating plan and they don't prioritize, right? That's interesting. I, had a, I got a call this week from a friend of mine who's a client who's not in the HVAC industry. He was in the funeral business and he wants to open his own company instead of working for a big corporate. This is a $3 billion company he works for. He's like, I want to go build my own dream. And as it turned out, he found an HVAC company for sale. And he goes, I know you have some experience. And I thought I'd call you. And, and, uh, and, and so we start talking about the value of the company, the free cash flow. And, and so we're talking about depreciation and profitability and the current owner's salary of about 150 grand a year. And he was like, you know, I, I count that. And I'm like, whoa, you can't count that 150 grand. That guy's, you're going to have to pay somebody. He has the skills to do that job. You don't. You're going to have to pay somebody else to do that job. So when you talked about buying of the company, maybe think about that. You got to think of those things. I, I made some huge mistakes. You know, in 2007, I bought four or five other companies in, in Colorado Springs and uh, damn near went bankrupt in 08 and 09. Because I overpaid for the companies. I didn't know you then. <laughs> I didn't know about the tuck-in. I didn't know about that stuff. And I basically uh, leveraged myself to a couple of million dollars. And then 08, 09 happened. There was a point in that period, 08, 09, I had $45,000 a month of debt service. Yeah. Wow. Before I made a penny. And That'll there, keep you up at night. Oh, it did. Many nights. Yeah. I don't think I slept in 08 and 09. And I remember my, uh, my banker, or not my banker, my lawyer, my CPA said, dude, you just need to file BK. You are in so far over your head. Um, you're just not going to make it. And of course, I refuse to do that because of where I come from. That's the stereotype people expect me to play into. So we learned to sell better and we, we sold our way out of it right. and paid off every dime. But I think that's another thing in terms of how companies can go from a startup or growing an existing company, which acquisitions are a, you know, a, a very common way to do that. But you got to call Drew or call Gary and know how to buy that company <laughs> <laughs> because you can step off in a ditch that will hang you. Yeah. And uh, that's an important part of growing a company as well through acquisitions. And I've learned so much from you. We're talking about maybe doing some acquisitions here in the near future. But now that I know how to do it, I just pay him a consulting fee. And I'm <laughs> Yeah, the acquisitions are great. Um, the tuck-ins are fantastic, but it's about what you pay for it. I mean, if you, if you pay the right price, acquisitions are good. If you overpay, acquisitions are almost never good. So. No, no, exactly. 
Um, we, we learned that lesson at Service Experts, did we not? Yes, we did. But the number one issue is you can't get around this one. Lack of, lack of capital. Yeah. And when I started my first company 15 years ago, I did it with no capital. Yeah. And you talk about sleepless nights. Um, I, would, I would advise anyone that's looking to grow or to buy a company or to start new to save your money for a few years. Get some operating capital in the bank. This guy I talked to that called me. I said, listen, how much money are you looking to put in this thing? He said, I got about 150 grand cash. I said, what are you going to do with that cash? He goes, I'm going to give it to him as part of the bot. I said, no, that 150 grand is your operating capital. You cannot give him that money. You need that 150 grand for operating capital. You've got to figure out some way to get him to do a financial a buyout over time. So there, there's a, a metric on that. You m might find that on the EGI platform. It's EGI website. It could be a video out could there. Could be a video. But you want six months. Where would that be? EGI.org. And if you're a member, how much does it cost? Well, it's, it's part of your membership. It's free. Oh, it's free. It's free. Okay. Kind of like Epic this week. Epic this week. That's 800 people here at Epic this week. Epic in Vegas. Yeah. Well, we have classes too, and he teaches this stuff in classes. Yeah. So you need free. six months. Free. Operating capital, as if you were not going to have a customer pay a single dime for any of your product and services. Really. So that's you your KPI. Six months. And that's the KPI. So you do a budget. You project what you think your sales might be. You project your costs. The budget's out on the platform. You, you just go through that math and you figure that out and you determine, hey, I need this much capital. Uh, if you get some customers, that's great, but you need to understand that capital is really the driver that allows you to sustain the idea of you not necessarily having a lot of customers right away. You're going to have to market. You're going to have to go find new customers. That's expensive. Usually you're going to spend more money on that. You know, Somewhere north of 8% would be the typical KPI there. I've seen, I mean, my first startup, I spent 18% that first year. Yep. The next year was 15%, and it, it tracked down from there. But 18% is basically your profit. So you, we, we weren't making any money the first year. So I think what most contractors don't understand is they don't sit down and they don't do the math, and they don't understand the capital. Right. So six months They just assume it's going to work out. Yeah. Well, they, they, they think, uh, again. They're optimists. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, most people in this space, now there are people who are buying into this space, seeing how, how fragmented it is, seeing how disorganized it is. But there are a lot of technicians who have the entrepreneurial <laughs> seizure, right? And they basically say, I was making $25, $35 an hour. I'm just going to go over here, start my own business. I'm going to charge $65, $85 an hour because I'll be making money that way. I'll be making more money. I'll be undercutting my, my previous employer who has a flat rate book at $225 an hour. And they don't understand the difference between flat rate and time and materials, so forth and so on, right? Kiss and death. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's all of that, right? And then taxes and insurance. Taxes and, and insurance. You know, all the all the different vendors that would like to be a part of that. And the one the one lesson I learned over the years is is that the overhead to run this business is pretty consistent from business to business to business. And I don't care how big you are, East Coast, West Coast, it, it typically doesn't matter, right? the percentage, because that's really what it is. It's a percentage of your revenue that's going to be your overhead, right? And that's consistent nationwide. And, and, it, and it tracks like about 30, 30. to be about 35, 40%? About 30, 35%, maybe 40 in some cases, but usually 30, 35%, right? And that's East Coast, West Coast. Or in some cases, it's, you know, depending on the scope of work, it's about 200% of labor. So I don't care if you're one guy working out of your house, okay, or you're a 200, you know, shop company doing $200,000 million, $200, or $2 million, $200 million worth of revenue. It doesn't matter to me. Your percentage is going to be about the same. The problem is, is the guy who's the startup doesn't seem to think that he has that overhead. 
but he does, right? You're taking a piece of your house, you're taking your company vehicle, you're taking your, your cell phone. You've got to still pay for business insurance, so forth and so on. So you've got to get your cost structure right from day one as a startup too, right? So after you get those vision, mission, core values, organizational principles, structure, all that kind of setup, then you got to get the financials right. And pricing is one of them, right? And usually, like I said, I've said in a previous episode where we talked about this, companies don't usually go out of business because of profitability. They go out of you know, go out of business typically because of cash flow, cash flow. Right. right? And they don't have the cash flow because they also don't get their pricing right. You got to get the pricing right. And this man is the master when it comes to pricing, right? By the way, we've got about two minutes left. But the one thing I have to say, uh, and I'm going to allow you guys to have the final thoughts on this, on what's the most difficult part of starting a new business or expanding your existing one. Your hair is perfect, Drew. Your hair is fucking perfect. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm sitting there, I'm like, this motherfucker has perfect hair. Well, thank you. Okay. So, concluding thoughts. Better than, better than having none, I guess, in my, in my world. Well, well yours is perfect, too, in a different way. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. I've worked very hard to get these lines in my forehead. Gary Ellis is these. a good-looking version of me. <laughs> well, so, okay. final thoughts, Drew. Uh, well, I want to reiterate something that he said, because, it, it, you know, these... Let's not get hung up on just business, right? This is life. I mean, this is life for a lot of us, right? And the, the one principle that he talked about is having that six months worth of operating expenses. And I would say six to 12 months. You know, think about what could be the worst thing that would happen in your business and could you survive it, okay? He, he's been through five recessions, you know, the R word, if you will, right? I, I've been through, you know, that many as well in my lifetime, you know, that I recall. Um, and, and if a recession is going to last, a year, if that doesn't usually last a year, but let's say a year, 18 months, you better have six, 12, 18 months worth of operating expenses. So we talk about how many months worth of operating expenses, life expenses should you have in your rainy day fund as an individual? They talk about have three months, right? right? Now you should have at least three to six, 12 months as an individual, right? And so you should have that as, a, as an individual safety fund, you should have that at the very least in your business. By the way, uh, economic downturns have virtually no impact on the prison economy. <laughs> Gary, final thoughts, my friend. Uh, just really understand the budget, uh, how to price. Um, you know, if you're, if you're going to do a startup, if you're out in the EGI world and you're thinking about, you know, doing your own thing, um, you know, have a plan. I, I like the idea of also grabbing a mentor, something that we haven't touched on. So you, you get somebody that maybe has done it or has made some mistakes and can coach you. It, they're not uh, financially tied to the business. They're, they're tied to you and your personal success. So they care about you. So they're gonna give you advice and they're gonna give you comments that um, you know, a vendor that's a stakeholder in your relationship always has some form of an agenda where a mentor is really about you and just making sure that you're okay and mentors are great. So I, a lot of startups, they don't have the mentor relationship. And I think that's probably one of the things that I would make sure that you have. You can get that through a little organization known as EJA, I think. Good. Yeah. Next to nothing. Yeah. Contractor Connect. To two of the smartest guys I know. Cheers. Cheers, brothers. I love your hair, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs>